0: And welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Miss Wukwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Hi Ryan, how are you? Tired, how are you? Procrastinating. I say that every
1: <laughs> week. I'm not actually that tired. I'm,
0: procrasti- I'm not actually that tired. Uh, I'm not procrastinating. I, I'm, really, I'm, re- I'm not procrastinating now that I'm on the uh, I'm on the ball. Um perhaps a bit too much coffee already today.
1: hope everyone are you strapped in? I'm definitely strapped in, but yeah. I still
0: was not prepared for this weekend
1: of football, which was
0: everything happened.
1: Is everyone else listening strapped in because we're going, going on a wild ride. We're going long today, everyone. <laughs> uh, okay. This okay. is the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Also, just a quick disclaimer: we're in a, a different room this week, so it might sound a little bit different.
0: This was this weekend. It's strange. Like everything happened. If you look at the Premier League table, everything happened and nothing happened because obviously Liverpool and City both won. And if you look at the score sheets, you might think, okay, well, I'd expect those score lines. Both teams, both the opposition are playing. I think with a bit more resilience in the last couple of games, Southampton bounced back um, from their mauling by Leicester and lost 2-1 to Man City, but were leading for a long period of time. And Villa were leading for even longer and then got turned over by City. And Guardiola just being a bit spiky with his comments, you know, making that kind of, oh, joking, yes, they have many talents, Liverpool. Sometimes it's diving, sometimes it's scoring late goals, but the mask is slipping, I think, with Guardiola as it has been for a while. I think Liverpool are just too resilient for his expectations or his liking. And I think they've got it this year.
1: I'm surprised you're starting with
0: Premier League. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I'm easing us into it because once we go big, we're going big. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. What what happened in Germany? What happened in... Serie In Serie In in, in, a, in La, Liga. La Liga. Oh my goodness. In uh, France. I mean, your head could fall off. I mean, yeah, France. Wow.
1: Where to even begin? This is so... I, I began with those because they seem like the obvious places. I like the way you um, left out Bournemouth beating Manchester United and Arsenal letting a lead go Those for the are third mid-table. times in a week. Those are mid-table teams, though. Hey, watch your mouth. Those are mid-table teams. Hey, watch your mouth. You're talking about Bournemouth.
0: Where's the lie? Where is the lie that Bournemouth and Manchester United are mid-table teams? Where's, oh, the, where's the lie? Oh, uh, that's fine. I'm, I'm fine yeah, with that. Yeah, it's real talk. Just no Shout-out to Josh Slander King. Place. Josh King got the winner, a former United player. He did. He left like 10 years ago, but still, good luck to him. But we, we were abject.
1: He's uh, always a, a good one for the... For that quiz question about Norwegian players who have scored a hat trick in the Premier League, no one ever gets Josh King.
0: Uh, that's a good. Line. That's a good line actually. Yeah, yeah. Josh King um, defeated United with, um, I think, a pretty fine winner from close range. But what more can you say about United? I mean, it is what it is. It's an algorithm. Ironically, for a Manchester club, a little bit dry. Yeah. <laughs> alas, alas. So if we're quickly going to Liverpool, um, we can discard it fairly quickly. But. Villa, shout out to Villa because they were outstanding. The defence was so, so good. They actually took off Wesley, the striker, quite late because he just looked like he was running on fumes. Mm. And to Villa's credit, they didn't get broken down by bad goals. Robertson got great ahead of the far post and I think the defender just got tired of tracking runs because it happens. 90 minutes of tracking attackers, you'll get caught out. But Sadio Mane... I Mane's actually,
1: goal was really good.
0: Well, I tweeted this. I said Sadio Mane, I think, is slightly underrated in the sense that if you played him through the middle for an entire season i think he would score a huge amount of goals as a conventional center forward mm. but then also just before that he creates the goal for Robertson with a really conventional form of of wing play and he is the most versatile liverpool forward and i think actually the one who would if he moved to another club benefit the most overall really yeah wherever he went i really? think that's the kind of yeah i think that's the kind i think sadio mané is the player that thomas lamar was meant to be for atleti someone that can just create in isolation I really like Lamar but I think he functions really well as part of a functioning system but he expects so much of their creative players and Mané is someone that can just cause havoc anywhere from halfway down onwards that's a big shout yeah that's my shout so I love Lamar but I think that he deserves a better system and I think Mané is the guy I think he'd improve any team in the world at the moment
1: interesting that's me well I think yeah I think that's a fair shout actually to be honest
0: so let's see what else let's get into the big stuff let's get into the big action
1: we're going to the Bundesliga
0: I mean that so for those who were underneath the rock for the entire weekend and avoided all mention of this. Bayern went to Niko Kovac's old club, Eintracht Frankfurt, and got eviscerated by five goals to one. A defeat so brutal that Niko Kovac was giving his marching orders shortly
1: afterwards. Hey, marching orders—that's another thing you only hear in football, football. terms. Yeah. Actually, speaking of that, there were a lot of mentions for bragging rights. Bragging rights, which is another football thing.
0: Yeah, I mean the five-one defeat. So it was catalyzed, I suppose, by Boteng sending off. Uh, he got a red card. And I then,
1: thought that was a little bit harsh.
0: I think it was harsh because they, they gave the red card for the, the gospel well, opportunity.
1: Yeah, they thought it was a penalty at first and it wasn't a penalty. It was a free kick outside the box. Right. And then he got sent off for it. So I think, he, I think they defender. gave a penalty and a yellow at first and then it went to VAR, right?
0: The thing is, he was, wide, he was slightly unlucky because the attacker was coming a slightly wider goal and there was a tracking defender. So even if he got past Boteng, Legitimately, which he had just about done. There was a defending conference to cut off, so you could argue it wasn't a clear goal-scoring opportunity. It was yeah. a very, it's just a very good lot chance. of work to do. Absolutely. Um, I felt for Boateng there, so they went out to ten men, but that was really no excuse for the manner in which they were carved apart and the composition of the Bayern midfield. I mean, it's pretty threadbare. You have Kimish who's playing as a DM, which doesn't, to me, fully work. Thiago, who is many things, but not an aggressive ball winner. Thomas Muller, who didn't link the plate. Gnabry, who was at fault for, I suppose, two goals. Like two of his concessions led to goals. Bayern just looking disorganised. Not demotivated, but disorganised.
1: They've got real trouble at the back. Pavard's been playing right back. When he can play centre-back, I'm surprised that they pulled David Alaba into centre-back and Alfonso Davis started on the weekend. And, you know, a back four of Davis, Alaba, Boateng and Pavar doesn't seem that balanced for me.
0: No, and I think the game, the defensive performance was summed up by the final Eintracht goal where, I think it was the final goal, the fourth, I think it was the fourth goal for Eintracht where Pavar was beaten to a header yeah. at the near post. And this is a player that is more accustomed to playing in the right back position. So he's over like 15 yards out of his comfort zone being beaten in near post header. I looked at that and just thought, this is as wild as a bag of cats. Kovac can't survive that.
1: It makes his appointment even more strange in a way. Because, I mean, it, it kind of felt like he was totally hired on that Pokal Cup win, that uh, final win, where Eintracht beat Bayern. Was it 3-0? 3-1, I think. 3-1. It was 3-1, yeah. yeah. The realities of playing football at Bayern and the, the realities and pressures of what is deemed acceptable there are completely different to what it was at Eintracht Frankfurt. And, you know, they went down a few years ago, they came back up, and Kovac was very good at keeping them solid and hitting teams on the counter, but they were never a completely dominating ball possession side. I know he's an ex-Bayern boy, but it kind of felt from the off that it was just a bit of a strange fit. And in a way, I kind of feel for Kovac a little bit. Yeah. Because I quite like him as a guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know him personally, but... He comes across pretty well. Like I was at the Classica last year where Bayern beat Dortmund 5-0. And after the game, a journalist asked him something about, you know, are they going to celebrate tonight or something? And he just went off at them, but kind of in defense of his fellow managers as well. And Lucien Favre afterwards, you know, because they do the press conferences together in Germany, the two managers, you know, he kind of said, well said. I don't know. He just seems like a guy who is a decent dude. For sure, yeah. Kind of like Lopetegui going to Real Madrid. It's like, why go now?
0: You can see, and I I felt for Lopetegui anyway, because that was a job he'd been building towards his entire career. Yeah, And he got, you know, we've discussed maybe this before in a different context, but this is the manager's tragedy. When a club like that comes calling, you can't say no.
1: I mean, they still won the double last season. They
0: did, they did. And if you look at what Bayern have had to deal with this year, you can argue they don't actually have, well, we'll see what the next coach does, but you could argue maybe the firepower is not entirely there Last season, let's not forget that Robin and Ruby got them out of jail in that last game. And they don't have them. They don't have those surefire winners. Coutinho started brightly, but has been slightly off the ball since then. Perisic and Nout, I think, might be injured. I'm not sure. But He was on the bench on the weekend. They don't have that consistency. It's basically Lewandowski and Gnabry.
1: I mean, Lewandowski scored in every league game this season. Right. So, an, know, injury, an injury to him, they're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are in trouble to an um, extent. But. The form of Thomas Muller is worrying as well. Well, that's been the case a couple of years
0: now, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Um, he hasn't seemed like a happy bunny for a long time. Sure, he'll be Old Trafford next year
0: then. <laughs> sorry. sorry, sorry. Wow. Sorry. So the question, I suppose, is who Bayern bringing next? Because if they hadn't got rid of Kovac, I think they were definitely not winning the league. I think that if you look at what happens at Leipzig, I mean, this weekend, Gladbach got a big win at Leverkusen, 2-1. Marcus Turam, the son of Lilian, which is wild, creating the first, scoring the second. And it's a good game, that. Yeah, very good game, very good game. Um, Gladbach, just a great team to watch. Marco Rose doing a great job there. Dortmund beating previously undefeated Wolfsburg 3-0. Yeah. They looked impressive.
1: They did. Torgan
0: Hazard got his first goal for them, which he really, really needed um, because it's been a difficult start for him, I think. As it has been for Brandt to an extent. Gertz with a late penalty to seal the whole thing. And, you know, Wolfsburg
1: are a tough team to break down. Tough team to break down. Yeah, I mean, that had a potential, not upset, I suppose, because... Wolfsburg, like you say, we undefeated this season. Before this game in the league,
0: it had a one-all draw. Looking all over it,
1: Marco Royce went off after about twenty-five minutes or so mm. with an ankle injury, and he's been really impressive for Dortmund. And he's really, he's, you know, I mean, he's such an important player for them. They brought on Mario Götze, who, like you say, scored the penalty. They were also without Paco Alcacer for the game. They have tended to struggle sometimes without him. You know, and just also, getting the yeah, ball in yeah. there.
0: It's weird, actually. You might it's a blessing in disguise, but the absence of Alcacer and Royce forces them to seek alternative attacking options. And there was a bit of an overdependence on Sancho as well last year for certain periods. The beauty of what happened this time against Wolfsburg was three different goal scorers. Guerrero got one as well. And when Guerrero scores, it's a really good sign that Dortmund are flowing because he only really scores when it's the best available decision. He, he never really shoots unless there's someone not better placed. So when I saw him on the score sheet, when I saw him get his goal, he arrived late. I was like, yeah, like they're in the flow again. So this was the worst possible timing for Bayern to lose their manager because Dortmund are flying, Gladbach are flying, Leipzig against Mainz were brutal. Nkunku from who came in from PSG, and Timo Werner just went to town. I mean, Werner had three goals and three assists.
1: Yeah, his first assists of the season, I think. And he
0: did really, he pulled wide beautifully out to the left uh, on several occasions and also found himself centrally. His movement this year under
1: Nagel's man is just on a different level. Their form has been quite poor though, Leipzig. Yeah, before In the league. They yeah. had that cup winner in the week over Wolfsburg when they beat him 6-1 in Wolfsburg. They would do that though. They were because, they're like I said, their form had been patchy before. You know, after their initial really, really bright start to the season, they'd drawn a couple of games in the league, lost to Freiburg last weekend. And then, yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like midweek when they, Hammond Wolfsburg was a bit of a... A breakthrough, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they were just so good. Mines were dreadful. So, so angry afterwards, and understandably.
0: There's always this weird moment when thrashings where the team that's about to be thrashed misses a really good chance at 1-0. Yeah. And Mites missed a really good chance. It's so funny. The history of all major thrashings is punctuated by, I don't know if it happened actually for Leicester, Southampton, but I think there was a miss, some crucial point, and the like momentum changed and then it just became a deluge at that Mm. point.
1: Yeah. Oh, I completely forgot to say my... uh, I had a revelation during the Dortmund-Waltzburg game. So Oliver Glasner, right, it has been bugging me for ages who he reminds me of. And I figured it out. He's a perfect hybrid of Steven Gerrard and Michael J. Fox.
0: Oh, that is a good shout.
1: Go and check him out. Google (laughs) Google Oliver Glasner. I was like, it's been bugging me. Every Warzburg game, I was like, he looks so familiar. Who does he remind me of? Is it someone I know? Is it a family member? Is it like an old school teacher? You know, when you kind of, your brain goes through, it's almost like, Uh, was it guess who that game guess who do you remember that game (laughs) yeah of course
0: yeah it'd be funny if his mannerisms if his mannerisms were similar as well yeah definitely and then
1: it just it just hit me during the game on the weekend. I was like ah Steven Gerrard and Michael J Fox
0: it's a a weird one I think that Wolfsburg these results I mean the the midweek result is obviously brutal but I feel like they're going to settle into the natural position they're a good side um, and they're organised defensively but they just they're limited in attack their strength is their weakness and vice versa. In being that compact, they can't really break out and get at you.
1: Considering they were unbeaten before the weekend, they're in eighth. There's still only seven points separating the entire. No, there's not. There's only five points separating the entire top half of the Bundesliga, which is a, a thing we're going to revisit every week yeah, to the end of the season. We had a question on this. Who's it well, from? there's two. There's a lot about Bayern's next manager, if you want to go there. Uh, shall shall we? we? Yeah, why not? Go for it. So, I mean, there's some about Mourinho. Okay. So Neil Young says, who next for Bayern? There was one from Smiley Face at Cunley Agio on Twitter. When is Jupp Pinker's getting the call? Leave Jupp alone. Yeah. Like, just let him be. Let him live. Like, <laughs> he's, dug, he's dug you lot out of trouble enough, Bayern fans. Just let him enjoy life
0: a little bit. I think his wife had words with him last time. Like, never again, Yeah, Jupp like, you're not doing this. Nicked mare, You've already got a treble. What more do you want?
1: <laughs> oh, this was the one I was looking at. At Dr. Vid Kolovsky. Is the Bundesliga the most competitive of the big leagues, quote-unquote? No. No, it's the Spanish
0: league still. Which Bec- we will come on to. We it? will come on to. That. The reason I say no is because the big clubs are in greater crisis in the Spanish league than the big clubs in crisis in Germany. I still feel that if Bayern get the right manager, they're going to win. I'm not so confident that Barca or Real are going to win this year. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not so confident.
1: Win the league?
0: Yeah, I think there's more to come. I think there's more challenges to come for both teams in La Liga, actually. I really enjoy the uh, Bundesliga and I think it's great. I think that if they had kept Kovac, Bayern would definitely have lost the league this year. But I think if they get the right person in, they're winning this still, and they're winning it. I feel more strongly that way about Bayern winning than I do about the other, the top two winning in La Liga. mm mm-hmm. I don't think those top two teams realise still just quite how much trouble they're in. I think some of the players do, but I don't think the managers fully do. I don't think Valverde fully realises how much trouble Barca are in. I don't think he gets it, in quote marks.
1: I mean, do you think Valverde's time's numbered?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think his reliance on Suarez... I think Suarez's goals have covered a multitude of sins. I think that he scores just enough to keep him starting, because on paper the numbers look good. But I think he really ruins the attack and cohesion of that front line. He doesn't allow Griezmann to build combinations. I think there are players like Gerard Piquet who are below their level. Players like Jordi Alba who aren't quite where they were. The injury to MTT was a big, big factor. I mean, Longley's great, but he's not MTT. No, no, not. no No one's MTT. No one's um, MTT.
1: Maybe we'll cover that Uganda. a little yeah. bit more later, but yeah. before we leave the Bundesliga, we need to talk about the Berlin Derby. We haven't discussed the Bayern manager speculation yet. Who All right, well, I mean... Because it was kind of linked to the Barca thing, but there's a lot of talk about Ten Hag, mm. Ten Hag, which... I don't like that. I don't either, actually. I don't like it at all. There, w- there were some noises about Lucien Favre's job at Dortmund. They seem to have quietened down a little bit now. But out of those two, if there was a job vacancy, I'd rather see Ten Hag at Dortmund.
0: Absolutely. Bayern, basically what they want is, they want a pragmatist at this point. They want a pragmatist to get in there, galvanise the attack, get a signing but they've got some they've actually got rid of their manager in time to bring somebody in have a chat with the sporting director and be like I need one or two centre backs and one winger I mean they can be that mercenary about it
1: they do have a lot of wingers though
0: they do but the production's not there
1: well I mean who else do you think would, would go because I'd actually think Ten Hag would be great for Barca as well I think Ten Hag at Barca or Ten Hag at Dortmund would be great I'm not sure I don't like the fit so much at Bayern
0: I would like the fit at Bayern either no Hag at Barca, oh my goodness. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, that's what we what need to What about Poch?
0: I wouldn't wish Bayern on, but I just.
1: Stop it. You've got to be on the fence.
0: No, I don't. I don't <laughs> actually. This isn't that podcast. Sorry. Oh, wow. No, no, no. If you... Listen, if you want your. <laughs> no, nuance... Mia San Mia from this. No, Rusa. listen, if you want your nuance <laughs> fence sitting takes, no no, no, no. That's my job. Pochino you know, would get the budget that he deserved at Bayern. <laughs> I'm not sure he would. That's the funny thing. Would he get the fulfillment, though?
1: Well, I think the thing about at Bayern, it would kind of free him up to make regular, weird word, but assaults on the Champions League.
0: I know what you mean, but would that be satisfying? He seems to enjoy the domestic calendar. Yeah. Not the cups, but the domestic league. I think he really enjoys the the out coaching, the out thinking. I'm just not sure what the challenge would be there. I think he'd get frustrated with it. Yeah, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it's Allegri? It's the obvious choice, though.
1: We've said this every job. But he
0: fits that structure so well. He's a company man without being a company. He's not a yes man. He's someone that fits perfectly into like that continental management structure. Mm-hmm. He's just great. Like he presents well, says the right things, knows his own mind, coaches within the resources. It's just, he's what Emery was probably supposed to be asking. Oh,
1: there it is. There it is. Sorry. We actually had a question from Jasmine Babber about that saying, has Emery been sacked yet? At the time of recording,
0: nope. I mean, what did she mean by sacked? Did she means sacked as an actually sacked. As in sack? like, a, like he was a quarterback. What, has he been <laughs> sacked, in sp- and sacked in spirit? Oh, wow. Has he been spiritually sacked? Because you can be in a job, but be out of a job. And is he on fumes at this point? You know, like a car is running and the tank says empty and it's still got like 30 more miles, but we, know, we all know it's empty. I feel like we know the tank is empty with Emery. Can I just get into the weird English preoccupation with sacking a manager after a bad result? As if the result was the catalyst. It's like sometimes you have just got to do the thing. Hey, well Bayern just did it. It's
1: just PR, isn't it? You can't say... If a guy's not doing a great job and then you sack him after a 3-0 win... What's that, that, that Shakespeare,
0: Shakespeare quote like to use when I'm being pretentious? If you are if, sacked if, but no one was there and you were done. really sacked. No, if it were done, well, it were done quickly. That's how I feel about it with Emery.
1: All right, I don't, I don't want to talk about Arsenal. No okay. one wants the. No one wants to, It's boring. People really liked The listening figures were really good for that one, weren't they? Were they? Yeah, they were. Relatively. <laughs> okay, oh so before we leave the Bundesliga and take yeah. a break, first ever Bundesliga Berlin Derby or unified Berlin Derby, I do believe. Can I be harsh? Go on. Not a great game. No, and
0: not even that passionate a game. Like, these oh, teams.
1: I don't know, man.
0: There were the ultras got wild, but the actual game. Mm, I don't know. It was like. It, if you hadn't told me it was that derby, I'd have been like. There's been a lot of talk about this blood and thunder, but even the aftermath, the players didn't look devastated to lose. They were like, "Oh yeah, we've lost the game." Like, but
1: I do wonder if that comes from a lack of actual derbies. Does yeah. that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Right, they're just so separate.
1: they like, it's a bit, it's a bit like, oh, we haven't, we don't really. I mean, the last one, did they play in the cup? But they also, uh, when Hertha would last in the second, second Bundesliga.
0: Hot take for you. Go on. Is it really a derby if you can't see the stadium from your own stadium? Example: Yes, Benfica Sporting. Right? No, brutal. No, stop this.
1: Well, no, no, because we're running long and we don't need to engage in this absolute nonsense, Musa. But, but you then, can't see White Hart Lane from Arsenal, and you can't see the Etihad from yeah, but Old Trafford. Is there really
0: a rivalry in North London, though?
1: Oh, you just what is this? <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: So I just wanted to bring that in for the break,
1: <laughs> bit of spice. Whoops. Focus on the Berlin Derby, Can I just please? say,
0: my apologies to the listeners, it's just that it's raining here in Berlin. I just wanted to spice up the podcast with some We're hot takes. in a takes. bright red jumper <laughs> and you're
1: fiery. Come ready for war. Yeah, what the hell? It's like those uh, animals, you know, red's the colour of, you know, <laughs> <The> I'm game- <laughs> poisonous, don't touch me.
0: The game, wasn't, the game wasn't that exciting, but it was um, decided by a fairly exciting moment. A penalty given right after VR. the end, right? Yeah, a yeah, uh, penalty converted by Poulter. Pretty calmly in the circumstances. And he was brought well, he brought down after he'd fired a shot over the bar.
1: Yeah, it's one of those fouls that you never really ever see given. Yeah. But they should be given pretty much every time. It felt like, not, not Although, as controversial. Although, yeah, sorry, I think that that was quite a soft example of it.
0: Yes. You sometimes see those penalties where someone's fouled leaving the box. Not a classic of the genre. No, no, really not. It felt a bit like, weirdly enough, it was a slightly, <laughs> Rashford's penalty against PSG.
2: Yeah. Where people well, were like,
0: people, no, that, that was a they're both penalties, but you're like, Almost like, oh,
1: that kind of feels a bit harsh. Like, What, the one that, where they went through? Yeah, the, the handball. Oh, I yeah. Think. I mean, that was never a penalty, though. And the
0: shot was just going a thousand miles <laughs> over the
1: bar. It was leaving the Parc de kept. Yeah, the handball kept in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> they should have given him. <laughs> Saved him 50 euros is on a new on ball. a ball, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. Wow, your retail price is about 100. Yeah, these days, my goodness. Oh, balls nowadays, eh? <laughs> Old
0: man ranting at <laughs> <a> cloud.
1: <laughs> when I was a kid, you used to have to buy a ball for 50p. Don't know they down born. the news agents. In my day, they had to create the rubber themselves. <laughs> we used to have a flat, what they called flyways or penny penny flyers. Depending you know, on whether you're north or south. Let's
0: take a break. Go and go and shout to clouds. We still
1: not we still not really spoke about the derby though. Really? Well, I mean, all right, well, it stopped a number of times. There was loads of fireworks.
0: Oh yeah, there was. There were fireworks. The ultras got
1: pretty rowdy. Uh, I think the fireworks were fired at the dugout from the Herta section, and I think. I
0: think one of the keepers chased the fans back. Into yeah, the crowd. well,
1: some union. Uh, ultras try to try to uh, cross the pitch. I think after the game, right, and uh, go after some, or went during one of the stoppages, and to go after some hurt. hurt the, oh, your ultras, keeper them back. And the union players were basically holding back and just being like, "Come on, lads!" It's also just nice seeing a derby. Uh, maybe this is because I'm a, a lad, but just with loads of smoke, just loads of smoke. It's like that's true. Actually, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's like it's like being in a club. Bits put of the smoke South machine American. on. Bits, Bits of, guess, of South American wasn't put it? the smoke machine on. I mean, more smoke? Yeah, good vibes. I've never been
0: to a nightclub. <laughs> oh please. Right, let's go don't to make, a break. Let me out to you. Okay, go to a break.
1: Okay, we're back from the break and we're not gonna do full shout outs today, but I wanted to shout out something because I was reading rereading. Issue 2 of Caracom on the weekend. Oh, right. And I just kind of thought it's one of the best football magazines around.
0: Shout out to Callum Jacobs, the magnificent editor.
1: I think it's just like a really important read. I wish there were more things like that in football, basically more black writers in football. Uh, So for those who don't know about Caracom, it's where, you know, the kind of black British experience and football intersect. It's two issues in, both of them are really good, and I would recommend going to get one. So, if you want to go and order Caricom, you can buy both issues from the website. It's caricom.uk. So, C A R I C O M.U.K. Let's look at that a shout.
0: Great stuff. Yeah. Exit magazine. Friends of the podcast. Very much As so. Well. And an amazing magazine. Very big fan of it.
1: So, where next? La Liga. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, Barca get beaten 3 1 by Levante. Can see three goals in seven minutes after Messi puts Yikes. them ahead. And the way they lost the goals. Was concerning. PK at fault for two of them. And the the worst thing about these goals is they were systemic problems. They weren't just individual errors, they were compounded errors where there's a parallel between Levante's win and Eintracht's win in the sense that there's build ups to two of the. There's a Levante goal, I think it's a second or third, and an Eintracht goal, which I think was a second, where both of the sort of bigger teams, Bayern and Barca, lose two or three 50 50s in quick succession. Yeah. And this was brutal. This was a systemic problem. I failed to put pressure on the ball to anticipate movement. And I was like, wow, like Barca really added 250 million, 300 million euro of talent and got worse. That's what makes it wild. Well,
1: I think there's a similar problem going on at Barca, like we mentioned earlier, and that's going on at Bayern. You know, we were co-founders of the Berlin branch of the Valverde fan club for quite a long time. We were. Are we going to have to sell our stake?
0: I'm not sure we get a good price for them. It's a shame. I think it's sad because I like Valverde very much, but it's always a bad sign when a manager has flaws you identify two years ago and he's still making them two years later. And the faith he's showing in, you know, not just Suarez, but the failure to rejuvenate the centre back position, to get the ball past the midfield quickly, the failure, you know, the failure to show less faith in players like Sergio Roberto, the way Malcolm was shipped out. Without. yeah that's a strange one. I mean so
1: strange so I think Suarez is a problem for them though I still huge, think he's a problem a huge problem and not necessarily him from an individual point of view because I think he's great still but I think systemically from, yeah systemically it's the same with Kane and Spurs you know great strikers undoubtedly great strikers but f- <sighs> it's kind of like it's a bit of a weird analogy you know when you're on a plane, right? And it's like the turbulence is worse down the back than the front. Right. It's the ripple effect, and it gets and, the, so good, and it gets yeah. further further back. The problems at the front it makes Excellent it worse point. going back through the side. And you've seen that with Barça the season, especially when they went for Griezmann. I was convinced they'd try and ship off Suarez because they really need someone a little bit more dynamic. I really thought they'd go after like Lacazette. To be honest, you know, Griezmann, Messi, Lacazette is a way more fluid and...
0: Everyone's got room to play their game. Yeah,
1: and Lacazette's so great at link in play. I think, that, you know, the fact that Suarez and Messi are so close and Neymar left a couple of years ago and he was also famously close to Messi. You
0: know, it's really revealing. There's a revealing... Um, I can't remember who sent the tweet, but I saw it earlier today talk about PK saying that him and other players were ready to take pay cuts to allow Neymar to return under FFP.
1: Oh my God, it's like the Nets, man. It's wild. Like, KD and Kyrie taking less money so that they can get their boy DeAndre Jordan in was them.
0: exactly that. It was exactly that. And you thought, wow, like, they knew that they were in trouble without Neymar and they could see this coming. That, that's so interesting. They, yeah, but
1: this is on Neymar though, man. This is I don't think this is on Barca. I'm not, I'm not having go. I'm not saying no. that this kind of, this highlights how stupid a move that was for him. And why, I mean, I don't really lose sleep over Neymar going to PSG. No. But I just think it was such a waste. It was so impatient. Didn't it was? it's
0: arguably the biggest unforced error in the history of modern football
1: in terms of a professional
0: player. Neymar's stock, Neymar was going to become the best player in the world. He was ascending. He was the second best player in the world and he was ready to take over. And if if he'd stayed at Barca and just kept playing that team in that system, I think he would have been, he could have ended up becoming top five Brazilian player all time. When Messi was gone, you could have put good money on Neymar winning three of the next six Ballon d'Or. The Mm. way he was playing. I mean, the way, the the Ascension. And it was just completely unnecessary. It was completely necessary, And I'm not even sure he would have made more money. I think if Neymar had stayed at Barca with the surrounding endorsements and him playing on that stage all the time, because, you know, going to PSG, it takes you off the international radar, let's be honest. You know, if you look at his social media engagements or impressions, whatever, I'm pretty sure they'd been bigger if he just stayed at Barca. So I, I don't get that move. I didn't get it then. I don't get it now. I got it because I got it in the sense of, you know what Neymar's... Ego was like the desire to have his own space. But then he goes to, goes to PSG and he's not even the guy there. Can't compete with Mbappe.
1: Did you see that clip that I posted? The way he slides to keep the ball in play. That was... Dribbles, step over, does a step over, nutmegs the guy, gets brought down for a penalty.
0: Terrifying. Can I say that, the way they kick chunks out of him in France. At some level, he must be like, I'm going to get out of here because if I'm going to get kicked this much, I may as well get kicked for
1: <laughs> better exposure. It was breaking news. Apparently he's going to Real Madrid.
0: Wow, yeah, that's been breaking for about three (laughs) years, hasn't
1: it? (laughs) Well, while we're on the subject of PSG, they lost the weekend.
0: They did, they did. Mugged by Dijon. They
1: looked really sharp actually in the early stages
0: and they did hit the woodwork twice. It's one of those ones where to beat PSG, you need that combination of your players have to maximise their potential. They have to be a bit crafty and actually leave the boot in now and again because frankly, you have to kick Mbappe. I, I wouldn't advise it from a moral perspective, but tactically the only way to stop him is either to sort of barricade him in the dressing room or once he gets on the pitch use illegal means because he's just too good to restrain for too long with legal means i mean he's just unbelievable he's so fluid when he moves it's, it's like watching a sort of high performance vehicle like a maserati or something he floats
1: there's a really weird thing going on in la, in, oh, la liga, liga uh, this season though psg have lost three of their 12 games this season and they're still top by seven points.
0: That's because the teams that might traditionally challenge, like Lyon and Marseille, have gotten in different form. They've kind of fallen away.
1: I mean, Lyon are 10th. I mean, they've won two on the bounce since they sacked Silvino. They've got players to be better. They've got the players to be more dangerous than
0: that. Can I be honest? I think sometimes those big clubs are just a bit bored. How exciting can it be to play for PSG? Truly, how exciting can it be?
1: I mean, I reckon that getting paid a hell of a lot of money to play football. Yeah. Living in Paris, getting coached by Thomas Tuckle. You win every week. Mm. I don't want to take this in a very weird direction, but you know, would you rather be doing that or sat in a rainy Berlin doing a podcast? <laughs> ha 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 ha. <laughs> Jesus, that's devastating. Subtitles. Simon and Garfunkel plays. <laughs> Hello, Duck. Oh my god, yeah,
0: you made an excellent point.
1: Anyway, Serie A, and then we're gonna take another break and then yeah. we're gonna wrap up with questions that we've
0: missed. A. so delete so, scores, finally. Really you going with
1: that? Well, That's the lead story. Only because
0: he's had such a difficult start, I think.
1: It's a good volley, actually. In
0: relative terms. Yeah, he's had a difficult start there. So it's nice to see him prosper, albeit at the other end. So 1-0 win over uh, Torino in the um, Turin derby for Juventus. That was a good game. Looked good, actually, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, there were some really good games in Serie A this weekend. It was a shame because there was also a hell of a lot of absolutely horrible stuff. Just start with the horrible stuff and go to the good stuff. Yeah, well, there were two incidents where the game was stopped this weekend in Syria. I think there might have been another one, but there was only two that I saw. So uh, in the Roman Napoli game, the game was stopped for a bit and there was an announcement made, the protocol was put into action. And Edin Dzeko, could see, you could see him kind of trying to say to the crowd, like, cheer us, don't do right. the other stuff. But I'm not sure which side it was coming from. Dzeko's a good lad. I've heard good things about him. Yeah. I've well, I've heard really good things about him, actually. And again, that was a shame because that was a really, really good game, that game. Roma yeah. beat Napoli 2-1.
0: And let me tell my wholesome Jeko story to right, counteract the nasty stuff. So when Jeko was, at, I think, Wolfsburg, two Bosnian journalists wanted to go and interview him because it was a big deal for them. So they basically went all the way over to Wolfsburg. I think they drove, actually, all the way over there, which is quite a long drive, actually. Wow.
1: Yeah. Road trip.
0: Road trip. So they went all the way over there. And they finished the interview quite late. He was like, oh, so like, how are you getting back? Like, what are you doing for... They're like, oh, no, we're just, you know, we might drive back. And they're like, just here are the keys to my flat. So let them crash at his and went to his girlfriend's place. Wow. Yeah. And I heard that story and I'm quite emotional now thinking about it. What a lovely man. So when they won the league title, I remember thinking, but he's a lovely man.
1: (laughs) So it's okay, really. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about the other one?
0: Ah, Balotelli. Um, So Balotelli... Was it Verona Brescia, the game? Got racially abused, and basically just kicked the ball at the crowd, which the racists, like loved. Into the crowd. Into the crowd, which yeah. they loved. Well, he's quite a way away, so he yeah. hacked at the crowd. He got a good strike on it. Hopefully hit one of them, actually. Sorry, we don't condone violence in this podcast. Oh, Sorry, it's a bit spicy. God, what, what's in my coffee? Is that red jumper? A red jumper. So red jumper. Kicked the ball at the crowd and then tried to walk off and a lot of players were like, hey, man, come on, like, stay on, stay on. And what annoyed me a little bit was the way they grappled with him, almost like, just get it over with type thing. Oh, it's Mario. And I was like, like, hey man, the guy's in pain. Like, it wasn't even like- You could
1: see he was really, he was in so much
0: pain. And it looked like, didn't it look like, it looked like, sounds awful to say it, but like, it was like, almost like bullfighting, where they're like sticking, Mm. they're sticking spears in the bull. And then he was just in so much pain, trying to come off. Like, oh, Mario trying to talk him around. And there was like, some more gentle hands with him going like, you know, you okay? Checking him and- and so they go, I think um, they went 2 0 up, Verona. And then he scores an outstanding strike later on, clips at top corner. And there's this celebration of the goal, but he doesn't celebrate. No. He just jogs back because there's all joy gone. And actually, that goal is a perfect illustration of show them on the pitch because I'm like, I haven't seen anything more joyless. In a goal scored that good in a long time, And this, hammers it top corner. And and this just, goes.
1: This goes to what you were saying a few weeks ago, where you were saying, "What if they don't? What if you don't win the game?" Exactly. They didn't win the game. They lost two one. Yeah. And Balotelli scored, so he showed them on the pitch, and yeah. they lost the game.
0: Yeah. How is that productive?
1: Yeah. I think the the thing that's really really annoying and really really sad from this is that there was a prime example for all of the players just to be like, "Let's go."
0: Yeah. And they were not having it. They just wanted to get it over with. Me, me, me. I'm all right, Jack. I hated it. I hated to see it. I hated to see that. And
1: also, I hated the. There were a few tweets going around saying, you know, Balotelli walks off after being racially abused. Then he does this, you know, class or something like that. I hate that tape.
0: The president came out and said, "We can't control twenty thousand fans," and then he said, "They're not being racist. They're ironic." I think that was the president of the Verona president.
1: I mean, I mean, Syria has got a big problem. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Alone in that? They're not at all. This isn't singling them out. But They're not it's... alone, but they are part, they have a problem. No question. What more can we really say about this at the moment?
0: A friend made a good point. When we were talking on WhatsApp, you know, it's a football team, WhatsApp group. I don't normally comment in the WhatsApp groups because I don't want to like be the guy that's dong anything conversation about race. I think it's really helpful to let other people talk about it. And he made the point, he was like, look, this thing really seems to be getting worse. It feels like these are increasing in frequency, these events. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like like radiation, the half-life of a kind of... Yeah. The half-life is the accelerating deterioration of the situation. It really feels like we're discussing this four times as much as we were discussing it two years ago. Yeah. And it feels like two years from now, we're discussing it eight times as much.
1: Unless, the only thing that I'm going to say, unless, I really hope that soon we get an instance where a manager or a group of players, like a manager pulls his players off the pitch. Right. Or a group of players collectively decide to walk. Once that's happened once, it will happen again. And that is when it will stop, I think. Because, right, you look back through history and there's so much stuff that we think now is just a no-brainer. But there was always a first time that those things happened. We weren't around, so you wonder how many years or how many generations it took before it got to that point where that happened. Were the conversations the same about various things that we we now take completely for granted? It needs a high-profile manager and a high-profile group of players to do it, preferably in a high-profile game. Do you know what would when be a great When their team's one? winning as well. when yeah, their when team's, their like teams two winning. Up. Do you know what would be an, a perfect scenario? Would be if it was, say, Barca had already qualified for the next stages of the Champions League. Something happened in the game with one of their players and they were already 3-0 no up and they walked in the Champions League. That would send shockwaves. And once that's happened once, because you've seen it at lower level, it's happened yeah. at lower level, but it needs to be on that bigger scale. Yeah, The biggest team in the world, on the biggest stage in the world.
0: Costing themselves something. It needs to be that.
1: Being like, this is how much we care about it. We are winning. We are prepared to sacrifice the points and face a penalty for this.
0: Yeah, that's big. I think that's right. That's completely right.
1: And then hopefully in four years time, not hopefully it's become commonplace that everyone walks off because that means that it's become commonplace that this stuff still happens. But it'll either... That, but fans need to know that there's consequences to this stuff we said it last week on discussing the Xhaka thing there's consequences to all of this yeah and if they know that the game's just going to go on and people are going to talk the guy who they're abusing round to carry on playing even if they score if he scores a goal against them they're gonna, they not going to give a shit no really because he's got to, sit, he got to sit there and take it they won the game yeah like they won the game they racially abused the guy perfect day out
0: it's a perfect day out. It's what you dream of when you're waking up in the morning in your little racist house. Oh yeah, look, what we're we doing today, Daddy. Oh, we're gonna be racially abused a player. And we're, we're gonna get them. the three points. Yeah, amazing. And I'll have to sit there and take it.
1: Yeah, come on. It man. really needs some something that big to happen. And do you know I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I hope it's someone
0: Do you know what I wanna do I want actually, weirdly enough, I want someone like Griezmann to do it.
1: I want someone like Griezmann to be like, nah. No, this isn't it. Or like,
0: or, or like Timo Werner. Remember Timo Werner spoke out when um Germany played in Dresden. They played a, I think it was, no, they were playing against the Czech Republic, I think. And there was a lot of racial abuse. Yeah. And Timo Werner came out. It was like his second or third game Yeah, for Germany. And he was like, yeah, we all heard the chance tonight. We all know what town we are near. We all know. And he, it was brilliant the way he did it. And because Love had not spoken about it explicitly, but I think he was like, it's cool for you to do it. Mm. like he gave the kind of like, go ahead and do it. Um, and I'd love it if it was someone like Werner, because when it comes to someone like that, it creates a conversation in a different household. If someone like that, if someone like that does it, middle-class white people start discussing yeah. it. And they're, you know, they're, we look at the demographic of like directors of football clubs, it's middle-class white people really like, and they're the ones that need to be talking about are we doing enough to protect these people and their dignity in the workplace?
1: Mm. Anyway. Hey, one thing though I want to say. Yeah. I just want to pick uh, up Romelu Lukaku again. Oh my goodness. The truth. Apart from the aforementioned points, he's having a lovely time in Italy.
0: He's having a great time.
1: And also, do you know what I've realised? I realised this weekend, and again, this was similar to the Oliver Glasner thing where I was like, hmm, I've been thinking about this for a while. Name a player who looks that good in all three of his club's kits this season than Romelu Lukaku that is an excellent point I'll wait as they say
0: then again that's almost unfair do you know why? because they also have the three best kits I
1: wouldn't say they have the three best kits I, have to, I think they have the best collection of kits this season
0: yeah the best collection of kits for sure
1: uh, on the whole if you were going to award points for each kit for example I think they'd come out on Obamia. top probably Obamia. I mean that's a Young no, was good mate. in two out no, of three. No, no. I mean, I think Aubameyang looks great in all three of Arsenal's kits, but still. Lukaku really likes that mint one. But he looks amazing in the black one with the yellow Pirelli box on it as well. And the home one, he just looks great. His boss. It just suits him really well. He's so well
0: in Inter. he's so Inter. Like they really, they like a talismanic forward. They had Ibrahimovic, they had Vieri, him.
1: Ronaldo, mate.
0: Yeah, the phenomenon, but you kind of, I almost don't put him as a, he's something else he belongs to no one yeah he exactly exactly he <laughs> leaves he's the comet that leaves no trail he was everyone's and he was no one's oh my god yeah sorry, sorry, sorry. i've gone all galliano there <laughs> <laughs> soccer and sun and shadow
1: um let's take another break we'll do some questions let's do it. on this director's cut absolutely bumper edition ha, we're going long we're going long <laughs> road trip of a podcast. Right, we're back from a rare second break. We're into overtime. NBA season's back and we're going to overtime.
0: The NBA is so good to have the NBA back. Just shout out to the Clippers. Astonishing defence.
1: Nah, shout out to my Pacers, please. They started started 0-3 and they're now 3-3. Shout out
0: to the Blazers against the 76ers. That game was gorgeous. This isn't
1: an NBA podcast. It's not. Uh, we got some questions okay one from our good friend Justin Sahani kind of touched on what we were talking about earlier
0: Justin how's it going
1: why are fans coming around to the idea of Jose Mourinho at Arsenal and why is it or isn't it a terrible idea brackets it isn't.
0: <laughs> I don't think they're coming around I
1: don't think they are at all I don't see this wave if they do I'm going to keep this brief because we said we wouldn't talk about Arsenal
0: you said you wouldn't true carry
1: on <laughs> <laughs> it would completely portray Wenger's legacy for a start and secondly all of those years where Arsenal fans dined out on the fact that Arsenal played good stuff.
0: Why? I see, Why no bene- I see no benefit whatsoever. Do you know who I fear for? Nicolas Pepe.
1: I don't fear for any of him because he's not going there. One from Daniel Tataski. Was Son's tackle on Gomez a revenge for an earlier elbow? And if so, should his ban last as long as Gomez's absence?
0: I think revenge is a strong word and you can't tell. Um, there was talk over retaliation for an earlier elbow. I didn't see the original incident being a style. Um, I just think, here's the thing with football. You don't always have a strong opinion on Nevy, And I think the damage is pretty clear. The damage is done uh, to Gomez, unfortunately. We hope he gets back soon. And I'm sure that whatever action is taken against a son of a disciplinary nature will be taken in calm fashion many days after they had a chance to review the footage and this whole thing has calmed down. And I don't want to inflame the situation any further by saying anything more should happen to Sun at this point because Gomez, I mean, God bless him, because coming back from that is, even with a clean break, it's a brutal comeback, mm. psychologically as much as physically. So he's obviously in trouble. His career feels momentarily in the balance. It's clear that Sun is overwhelmed with guilt uh, and whatever he did in the moment or meant in the moment, the remorse afterwards is clear. So I think I just might leave the authorities to clear up, actually. That's my take on it. There was a really beautiful moment where Chenk Tosun, who scored the header later to equalise, held Gomez's head. It was yeah. beautiful. He just ran straight to his side and just held his head above the ground. And he was just talking to him, hugging him and a kiss on the forehead, I think. And I was like, that is beautiful. That like sort of instant empathy to go straight to the source and be like to provide that comfort at that point because he's such a popular player as well Gomez and he'd really you know he's been through so much with the depression at Barca Mm. rebuilding his career after that you know he had an awful time in front of that crowd at Barca
1: I just I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Gomez yeah Um, and I hope he I hope he fully recovers and I hope that I mean from a purely football point of view I think Everton did incredibly well to get their heads back into that game and get a point out of it because that was hard All right, let's move on because that's really sad yeah Get well soon, Andre. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, God. One from Cheeky Ball Boys. Oh, no. Eddie Howe is next United manager? Question mark. And before that, there's another one from at Mr. Perspicacity. Reasonably assuming that the management structure won't change at Manchester United, what's the next best thing to do? Keep Solskjaer and rebalance the squad or find a new manager now? given that Allegri and Pochettino haven't built a title-winning squad from scratch.
0: Manchester United, just discussing them, drains the energy from my soul. Okay. So I
1: don't think Eddie Howe's going to be next Man United manager, put it that way.
0: I don't think he deserves the pressure of United. I don't
1: think he deserves that. I don't think he deserves... Do you think Howe to Spurs makes a lot of sense? Yeah, it does,
0: because they have a functioning structure. I think you just keep Solskjaer there until the end of the season. And you just say, you take a view that it's going to be mid-table. You may add another player... Of some description. Uh, I would say, argument. If it had to be anyone, it'd be a midfielder. And then you just trundle along mid table. You take the loss, you take a view that we stick with Solskjaer until the summer, and then we
1: we look elsewhere. One from at Mash St. Paddy. Hey, how's it going? You know, when they say that, they can't answer you because we're recording. Yeah, but you can hear it. Okay. Do you think he just responded? If you're listening to a podcast like on the Tube and you have a question read out and Moose says, Hey, how are you doing? He you just respond being like, Yeah, good, thanks. Exactly. And they everyone's do. like, the oh, guy or girl just spoke randomly.
0: They do. I'm sure they do. Okay.
1: <laughs> Everyone is talking up Allegri and Mourinho are managers out of work for Bayern, but why is no one talking up Fada Wenger? <laughs> Does because he still have a place in someone's dugout?
0: Arsene deserves to
1: rest. Let him
0: rest. Let the man be.
1: He looks like he's having a lovely time. He's chilling. He's getting loads of awards, conferences, rocking villas. some new glasses he should have the photo shoot he needs to do you know that shot.
0: great photo shoot that he dropped those oh, pics out of nowhere do I oh my goodness oh be still my beating heart let the boy live let him be free it's like Venga. seeing Wenger now it's like Andy Dufresne on the beach then the floor <laughs> I
1: think like Vic Akers is just gonna go and find him yeah somewhere. exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> carving figurines <laughs> on the edge of the Pacific. I hope I'll find that boat. That's it. He was my friend. You know, the clo- the closing scenes of Wenger's career. <laughs> Hugging Vic walking towards Vic on the beach is just about to embrace and the credits roll. No, we don't. Listen, it's, it's very rarely we see our icons get Walk off into the sunset with a happy ending. So let's let's leave Just it at that. Camera
1: pans out and it's minus fifteen degrees. But Vic Akers is walking up the final stretch in shorts.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Wenger to Bayern.
0: He would, he could do a, a job there, but I don't think he.
1: There's part of me that would love to see Wenger in the Bundesliga, but not at Bayern. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm checking it out. I don't know.
0: I just don't want I want Banger to chill I want him to enjoy himself I I
1: love his punditry work as well Do you know where I would love him to go actually I'd love him to go back and do a couple of years at Monaco
0: that would be fun What to have like a sort of one last run at the league title and go out in the Champions League quarters with a spirited performance to the eventual winners 10-2 on aggregate No no (laughs) 4-2 2-1 in both legs
1: There you go make it happen Arsene I think we're good we're good maybe we'll do another podcast this week let's see we'll see we'll see let's see we do have the Gary Lineker interview coming soon it might be this week it might be next week and we do have the Ian Wright interview coming in a couple of weeks as well we're playing out this week on Polyrock your dragging feet minimal composer fans amongst you might like to know that Philip Glass is on this record ooh yeah the glass master himself yeah if you do listen on Apple Podcasts please leave us, leave us a rating and a review preferably five stars helps us grow the podcast Musa.
0: yeah find us on Instagram at StadioFootball yes. of course on Twitter at Stadio can I say Go we're on. getting more followers that's kind of it's the, exciting that's like, it's it's kind of how it works we're, inter- we're interacting we're interacting <laughs> with you the public I mean, this is wonderful so yeah I'll see you on Twitter as will Ryan but in the meantime maybe just laying low <laughs>
1: see you next week